This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This segment of Kashrus Anytime is brought to you by Rabbi Yudashain, the administrator of Kashrus Anytime, which is a division of the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization. We'll be bringing to you a number of issues that came up at a shear in Lakewood Yeshiva regarding chickens, meat, etc. The first question was, is there a Masoria on the chickens that we're using over here in the United States? Because they're crossbred, etc., etc. I explained that I was by Ravosna approximately 22 years ago to discuss this issue. And I explained to Ravosna that my grandfather was a sheikhet. He shechted these chickens, and this is what he basically, I would say, remembers of what the chickens were in Edzitrol, in, in Europe. So Ravosna told me <clears throat> that basically by a chicken, you have to see, does it look like a chicken? Does it walk like a chicken? And does it crow like a chicken? And if it has those things, and this is what they've been using for that many years, that in itself makes a Masoria because they've been using it, the shakhs have been using it, and you haven't heard anything else, and it has these three criteria. So I asked Ravosna, so why is it that the Kabir chicken, which was developed by the Katz family in Eretz Yisrael, uh, that the Ravosna said that it cannot be used? So he said, did you ever see the Kabir chicken? I said, yes, I did. He said, well, the Kabir chicken does not have any feathers on the neck, it doesn't, and it has some feathers go down further down on the legs than normal chickens. And it doesn't really crow the same sound like chickens that we used to. So he asked the cat's family, could you tell me with what chicken, with what birds you crossbred them to know if these are cross, kosher meaning that have a Missouri to crossbred them. So the cat family says, well, it's a very big secret. It's a site and we don't want to say. So Ravosna told me that he answered them that I'll tell you something that's not a site, that these chickens are also because they don't have the criteria of saying that there's a Masoir on them. Because the cat family wanted me to help them get it into the United States to the base of Shechitas and everything. But once I heard that from Ravosna, I notified them and I notified other Rabbanim, etc., etc., that the Vosna asked the chickens and it should not be used, and basically have to sell out the company to a non kosher company they sold out that wasn't being used. Uh, ultimately, I did find out with what they crossbred it. The main bird they crossbred it with was the turkey. That's why there was no feathers on the neck, and that's why it didn't really sound exactly like it, and the, and the feathers went down further. It had a lot of the criteria of the turkey, and the way it walked was more like an upright type, not like a regular chicken, which is more bent down, more like a turkey standing up. Then came up recently, they asked me about the Tarnagoyl, which is a chicken that's being pushed a lot by the Sakhtar Barnabas CRC. I said, I don't have yet information, I'm needing to research on it, I really don't know yet, but I'll advise them as time goes. Then the next question that came up was, regarding which is the preferred chicken over here in the United States, and why is that preferred chicken, and a few other issues. 
And I addressed to them at that time why I felt that Bird's Burning Room is really superior to the other ones. And then the question came up, do they give injections in the neck, in the legs, in the eggs? What do they do? Because in Etisrol, the ADA has instituted that most of the injections should be given in the thigh. The reason they don't want to give it in the loose skin by the neck is they were afraid that it might go into the patient. I've observed how they give those things. It's a very, very small needle. It's done on an angle. It's usually given at the first, third, and seventh day. And uh, very rare that it could go into the patient. But the, the Ada had chashish that it can, so they were giving it in the thigh. They found that afterwards, and in the thigh, it was causing a lot of problems with um, all different kind of um, veins and gidden and other things in the chicken were getting really uh, infected, etc., etc., without really noticing it lower down by the time it's a gidden. So uh, I'm not sure exactly how they solved that problem. So we hear in America and a lot of the places they're given the injection in the egg. The egg has two sides, the pointed side and the round side. The round side has in it a membrane underneath with a pocket of air. And as the chick is growing, which is basically 21 days it takes from uh, from when it got fertilized till it uh, gets out of the shell and hatches. So the, um, so they give the injection. The question is, till what day could you give the injection? The head usually lands up by the part of the egg that's uh, round. And when they put in the couple of dro the drop or two, whatever else it is, the thing, it works its way into the chick. Now the question is till what day? Of what I've done to research, I felt very comfortable. Till the 17th day, they could inject the, the eggs without it having a problem of maybe it'll be Nick of Krumamoyev that it went into the chick. After talking to the Baron Teitelbaum of the KJ Shkita, he felt nothing wrong based on what his uh, people wanted to check out. They could give it, I believe it was till the 19th day. And the OU's position is also for the 19th day, and um, but I believe that Birdsboro is doing it basically till the 17th day. They're not going till the 19th day, but you know, if they're about to feel comfortable that way, fine. Then the question came up was that uh, others have noticed on certain brands, not breeds, certain brands of chicken, their skin is extremely, extremely loose. The question is. Does the malicha really help because the, the skin is really not attached to the chicken? The question is, why is that happening? Is it because of uh, the growing, the way they grow it, and they grow it that fast so the, the skin is that loose? Or is it after the salting, they leave it soaking too long in the water to chill down and to get out the rest of the salt, and uh, it really gets too waterlogged? And that's causing the thing to separate. But one thing which I was able to assure them that I've checked many of the Birdsboro chicken and the skin is on extremely, extremely tight. And I explained to them also in Birdsboro, very rare to find a shoifet that's a Muslimid, a student shoifet. They're all experienced shoifet. Sometimes you have that others came from Etzstral, which Etzstral style shkita is considerably different than the American style shkita. In Etzstral, in general, by the better shkitas, uh, the Eder, Rabbi Rubin, Mesheris, uh, Rav Landau, the shoichet holds the chicken in his hand. And uh, he grabs the chicken with the neck and he makes the shkita. 
So they make the shechita basically a very, very small and straight cut. Uh, and then really most of the time, or rather very often, they're not getting the carotid arteries, the, the, they're not really cutting the vreden. In, uh, in America, on the other hand, the United States, they're cutting on an angle, it's called a shechita karas, which they um, cut low down and uh, on an angle towards the head and they always in general they're cutting the bleeding the carotid arteries they get cut and it's a much bigger bleeder it could be over there that's all the reason they don't do it is if you're shechting on the hand they don't want to have that much blood running down on the hand but what happens is when the toikaf are good to check the simonim in the usa american style shita you almost don't have to be toikaf good you could see the simonim yeah, they were shechted properly. On the other hand, the Israeli-style shechita, you basically have to be taikva good very hard and push it through, and many times the opening is very, very small, where you made the cut, and it's very hard to push out the simonim. And as I've observed, you know, after a few minutes, basically, the simonim are really not, uh, and a lot of the chickens are not really popping out, and they don't really see of what it was over there. But, you know, whatever they're doing, so over here, I think the style shechita in the United States is better, so <clears throat> in Birdsboro, when they get a shlodik shoychet, it's a whole asic of them retraining that shoychet, that over here, the style shechita is a shechita mavaraz, and that's where you should check. It's a question by these young chickens, do you have to pluck the feathers from the neck before shechita or not? Others consider it to be here, not feathers, because in Allah it says that you should take out the feathers, so there shouldn't be a chalada. Etc. The question is, what is this considered? Uh, we've seen in uh, in some basic shritas that they'll uh, take out the feathers, the shakht of every fourth or fifth chicken. But the, the big problem is, taking out the feathers really is, uh, if you're not shechting over there, you're not just taking out the feathers, could be a shalav or the raisa of tzar But because you need it for the shrita, so it's not tzar But I've seen that many times where they pluck out the feathers, they're not shechting that part. So really they were over on Tzar Balachayim Beraisa, and they're shechting in a different part, which is Bechlal, a very, very big problem. In some plants, we used to have this big problem, same as I gave them a few, three years ago, and they were checking all the chickens. Now, a lot of their plants are down, they check from the, in the morning, from the first batches that come in from the, certain farmers they'll check 100 200 maybe up to 300 chickens and then they watch to see if they see any rays of something that looks different the shape of the of the leg etc etc to know if they may have a problem then they'll open it up to check by birds borrowed they're still today till today they're still checking the same as again by every single one of them now where uh, birds borrow is on the national of its but uh, i feel it's not because of the sachtas that it is such a nice shrita, most probably the nicest shrita that there is in chickens across the world, including at Strom, because as we see, Marvib in Canada is also on the Hesach Tzarabonim, was a very, very poor system over there, etc., etc. So it seems there's a lot has to do with it, with the management of what they want to set up to come within the guidelines, etc., etc., and in Birdsboro, it seems they have a very, very big push in order to get it, that it should be really a beautiful shita. Then the question is, open-salted versus closed-salted. Uh, splitting open the chicken, you know, split-backs, etc. 
The problem that happens by splitbacks uh, is that very often the skin becomes loose because it doesn't have, it's not solid around the, cav the cavity of the chicken. And many areas that the skin got detached from the chicken, uh, but it's still there covering it, but it's not really attached, you're really supposed to pick up that skin and salt underneath it. If not, you have at best Mishim Tzadechad. Uh, that's why I usually prefer to take only close salted chickens because of that. Birds borrow in general is close salted chickens. Then the question boils down also is, are you better off having Goyim doing the salting and a Mashgiach watching over them or management to make sure it's done right? Or to have Yidin salting? And um, I feel like Goyim salting is much more superior, as in the plant I found where Yidin were doing the salting. And I showed them where certain places weren't salted. So they told me, They had all of the other kind of sayings, which basically for goy salting, you never hear that. And staying in a cold room, moist, etc., for eight to ten hours a day, uh, which a yid is usually not used to that. Uh, the the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth hour is nothing as good as his first half hour or hour that he was working over there. So it turns out to be a problem doing it that way. So when I brought it up to the attention of the Rabbi Machshirimun Klimt, he told me, you want to take away the Panos from Yeshiva Light? I said, no, you know, they could fix the computers, they could fix shoes, they could do other things, but not when it affects Kasha. This is type of Salting, if you're doing the salting at home, you're salting 15, 20 chickens, you could have a ye do it and have done everything properly. But when you have this kind of quantity, which we're talking about 30, 30 to 40,000 chickens a day, and that's what they have in the Meshkichim, this is not the for Meshkichim, they could take off the crates and shucks, a lot of other things that they could do. But this is basically Nishka Yiddish Arba, but basically nothing was changed. But in Birdsboro, they do have that the Goyim are salting. And they check, and if a guy doesn't do the thing right, basically, they move him off and they put somebody else there. Then the question came up at this uh, shear, the question came up regarding um, beef, which basically, from what I've seen and uh, I picked up from others that work in the plains over here, I felt that Solomon's beef is really the most superior one in the Shrita from all the other ones around over here that we have in the United States. It's by, by far, far more superior. The, the regular shechita, the Beis Yosef shechita, etc., etc., with no playing games or anything else like it. And the other shechitas are, you know, we've picked up a number of problems, etc., etc., and what they call what they call Beis Yosef, etc., etc. You know, it was really um, not uh, that straightforward of what it is. Certain plants wouldn't let me in. I understand because there's uh, there's problems there, as the uh, Moshe Feinstein told me. When I used to visit him more often, regarding um, shkritas and other things, he told me any plant that doesn't let me in, when I do have the full knowledge of what's going on there, you should know that that in itself is a razor. And plants are not, shkritas plants are supposed to be open for a barnum and others that do have some in order that they should be able to see it. Some soifer writes in the children that by them they had that the Besden used to walk in on the Shrita completely unannounced, etc. Other plants insist that they want to have an appointment, they want to have this, they want to have that, which is really not right. Then they brought up, they want to know about the local um, 
a local store that has a few different branches. They have their own shita that's done in uh, in Baltimore in a company called Truth. That same place, you have Star K Shechts there, and Milmar Ali Shechts there, Shem Mendelwitz has a shita there, I believe, and some others. And they want to know, what do I say about it? So I said that basically I usually wouldn't eat from that shita for a number of reasons. One thing is that the amount of Galatin Beisosef, that this local uh, purveyor, the one that sell, has these few stores away in town, four stores, is much higher, the Beisosef and the Galat, than the other three, four different shritas, number one. Number two, I asked the Balabas how many grinding machines he has. So he says he has one. I say, you sell a lot of Beisosef meat, if you run out of um, out of chop meat in the middle of the day. Could you tell me what your procedure is? He says, we wipe down the machine and we grind and we have a series of meat. So I told him, but you realize that the inside of the machine is still full of meat. He says, yes. I say, which to us fardy, that is actually treif, because it's not a of. So if you have no problem giving us fardy treif, why would I differentiate and say that Ashkenazi wouldn't give treif? So he thinks a moment, and then he says, you know, by the way, all of my meat is Beis Yosef. I said, oh boy, the Beis Yosef never would have thought of that. So I said, you mean to tell me if you have regular meat marked as regular glut, and you see you're running out of it, and your shrit is first coming in in two, three days around, and you need some more Beis Yosef meat, you have no problem putting on labels on it. So I say, so I can't trust you, not in Beis, not in Cheshemish, but not in Yeridea. And you're asking me why I tell people not to take from the street. You know, I'm very surprised at you that you that that's your attitude. Other things I will discuss that they share will bring up another time. In the meantime, call Tov and be Matsliach.